this one shot episode is brought to you by a nice crisp can of Perrier. Have you taken a breath lately? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back in the jungle. Welcome, everybody, to a special episode, a surprise episode, a bonus episode, if you will, of The Movie Jungle. I'm your host, Brian. With me today is your other host, Mike. What's up, Mike? What's up, guys? How's it going? Special uh, special Thursday edition of The Movie Jungle. Yep. Yeah, it really, it's, really, it's really broke up my weekdays of playing video games. Yeah, we're sacrificing Mike sacrificing Dark Souls time for you guys. So, it's, you know, look alive. True. Be appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, today we got something super special and fun in store for you. First of all, we watched an incredible movie. Uh, y- it's known as Spaceballs. It's wonderful and glorious. But that's not all. We did a little bit of a crossover. And we got the boys from Movie Retakes to uh, share the spotlight on this one with. And we're really excited about it. Absolutely. Consider this. This is like this is like if the Marvel Cinematic Universe crossover crossed over with like the Lord of the Rings. When we have two epic podcasting franchises. Yep. You know, in the annals of history, annals of history. Yeah, juggernauts. Ju- just juggernauts in the podcasting realm. Yep. Coming together, coming together to bring you this epic crossover. So we hope you do enjoy. Yeah. For sure. Well well introduced, Mike. That was well explained. So Matt and Chris Sully are going to help us out when we get to the trivia behind the scenes section. So you'll get to hear from them. And hopefully it convinces you to go check out their podcast, Movie Retakes. So you can find it anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you can't find it there, stop listening to podcasts there because that's the wrong place to listen to a podcast. It's true. It's a little aggressive, but I, just, I feel strongly about it. Um, anyways, so... Without any further ado, let's get right into Spaceballs. Very little uh, introduction needs to be introduced. It is a fantastic movie. <laughs> um, it is. One of the Mel Gibson greats. I mean, I'm, Mel I'm Gibson. a huge fan of Mel Gibson. No, stop. Uh, stop. Mel Brooks. <laughs> Mel Gibson. Mel Brooks. <laughs> the two Mel Gibsons. <laughs> I'm on a roll. It's cool. I'm saving the audience from yelling at their their speakers. Uh, uh, Mel, Mel Brooks, Brooks. Yeah, he's a legend. I mean, Mel Gibson is also a legend in his own right, but right. other reasons. No. Different, ep- other re- different episode. <laughs> different, different episode. Uh, <laughs> no, Mel Brooks is great. Uh, it's hard to find like good satire these days, and this, among some of his others, like Blazing Saddles and oh. Men in Tights. I love Blazing um, Saddles so much. This is this is a great one, and um, this movie was also like a big cornerstone of Brian and I's friendship. For we, sure, yeah. We we first started hanging out like in high school. Uh, we were taking a junior level satire class with what was his name again, Mister Vernon. Uh, Vernon, yeah, <laughs> Vern. <laughs> He's the best. He was a he was a hilarious teacher, but he did the satire class, and we watched all these crazy movies uh, and read some books. But the one that stood out to me the most was Spaceballs, and Brian and I, like we had to be separated to opposite corners of the class <laughs> when we watched that movie. Yeah, uh, we just could not stop giggling. Yep, um, it's so funny. 
big big bonding experience for our friendship here so yep yeah this is a this is a an important movie i would say this along with uh let's see the final prequel so the episode three star wars episode three yeah that was an Skip important to go watch that, that was to go watch uh, revenge of the sith and then of course bill and ted uh bill and ted yeah, yeah. Bill, bill and ted's probably the top of the important movie mountain when it comes to our friendship yeah keep, just keep your keep your ear to the ground bill and ted episode coming soon oh for sure yeah um anyways so yeah mel brooks is phenomenal uh blazing saddles i can't continue this podcast without imitating my favorite part of that entire movie are you they, sure we'll, we'll do a blazing saddles episode don't don't blow it now. Nope, I'm I doing guess you it. Could do it then too. I'm, I'll okay. do it both times. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it both times. I love the part so much where they run into a toll booth in the middle of the desert, and they're like, "Oh shit! Somebody go back and get a shitload of dimes." <laughs> That's a great one. It's the, one of the funniest lines in the history. That's of a good impersonation too. That's a films. good. Uh, that's a good one. Thank you. Go back and get a shitload of damn. <laughs> just like, oh, we got to stop also, here. I love it. So I'll just much. do my one little bit. I'm also a really big fan of the bad guy's name. Like Headley Lamar is such a great bad guy name. That is. Um. <laughs> anyways, but All we're right. not here to talk about blazing saddles. We're here to talk about <laughs> spaceballs. Um, and not Spaceballs the t-shirt, and not Spaceballs the breakfast cereal. We're here to talk to you about Spaceballs the movie. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to say right off the bat, the cast in this is phenomenal. And Pizza the Hut is disgusting. That's my, Pizza first, Hut that's my first thought. It is disgusting. It's so gross. It's so nasty. It's like... And the, like like I've watched some gross movies. I, we, there's tons of stuff in sci-fi and fantasy that's disgusting. Pizza the Hut is grosser than all of it. <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah, and I mean I know the '80s was like the era that was the king of practical effects, and you you see some nasty stuff in the '80s. You know, like the yeah. second Alien movie. Yep. You see, uh, you see um, the Thing. Which has some really nasty stuff. I cringe more at Pizza the Hut than I do at any of the nasty crap in the thing. For sure, I don't know what it is, and it's we're even meant to not take it seriously, but it's just as disgusting. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's the that's the first note that I wrote down. I did take notes on this one, uh, just funny things that stood out to me. But that's the first note I have is that Pizza the Hut is nasty. I um, do, I do love and like as part of that scene. Uh, like the opening scene to the movie with um, the long, drawn out. Oh, so good. Flyover of Spaceball One. It's like five minutes. It's <laughs> <That was> great. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I like uh, and then, and I love what I love about that scene so much is the music with it because the music da, makes you da. think it's about to end and then it kicks right back up again and yeah. gives you another 30 seconds of spaceship. Yeah. yeah, what was that? What did the bumper sticker say? Uh, we break for no one. We break for no one. Yeah, yeah. I feel like which at the time uh, must have been like a really clever, sassy bumper sticker. It would have been funny if it had like a like a presidential bumper sticker on it. Oh, that would have been good. <laughs> Just for, for for whichever election it was, that would have been funny. like the most recent party that lost the presidency, whatever that was. That would have been funny. Yeah, or just you know, just throw up a Ross Perot one up there. I feel like that works for any time period. There you go. <laughs> he ran. He ran for president twenty five times. That would have been funny. But I do love um, 
I mean, the uh, the wedding scene is great between Br- Princess Vespa and uh, Prince Valium. Prince but Sleepyhead. Prince Sleepyhead. <laughs> my one of my probably my favorite shot in the whole movie, and like one of my favorite like hero entrance scenes yeah. of most or any movie is the shot of the Winnebago. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good, and what's... it's so realistic. It's, I mean, not really. It's so unrealistic. It's it. It sets the tone of the film perfectly, even more so, I think, than the exaggerated spaceship flyover. Yeah. You see a Winnebago with wings <laughs> flying through space. Yeah. You're like, okay, it's one. Of, it's a Mel Brooks film, for sure. If <laughs> I feel like, I know they didn't make a life-size version of that, but if they did, I've, I, would, I would want, that would be on my like millionaire lottery bucket list to buy would be a life-size version of that Winnebago. <laughs> that would be amazing. You couldn't drive it anywhere. Like for yeah. like you, it, you'd be able to get you could easily buy a Winnebago that's the exact same model year, pay people a few grand to make put those wings on it, make it look the same. But you couldn't drive it anywhere cuz it's going to have those huge wings on it. It wouldn't fit on roads and I'm sure it's illegal. Um, yeah. But to have that like if you have enough property, have that like at the edge of your property in like a little wooded area for camping or something. That'd be epic. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, that would be fun. Yeah. That'd be I do like, cool. it's not a, it's not like a gag or a gimmick or anything, but I always just like the, the camera angle that they have, uh, it's like the dash cam that they have that looks at barf mm-hmm. and Lone Star always shows down the like center console all the way down to the back and you see that ridiculous colored rug that has like beer cans thrown across yep. across it. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is what a Winnebago in space would look like. Yep. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> how come how come while we're on the topic, how come spaceships just just <laughs> just forgot about carpet? Have you ever seen carpet on a spaceship in your life? In a movie or a show? No. There's they're just they don't they don't mess with carpet. There's no room Spaceships for carpet. Don't carpet. Space. Why? You don't, you you don't want no dandruff in space. You, I mean, you walk around on on a ground and you want to be comfortable. That's what carpets for. That's true. Even people's quarters. Like you watch Star Trek, and I'm pretty sure none of their quarters have carpet. I could be wrong, but <laughs> I bet there's carpet in the original series. Maybe, maybe we know there's lots of painted wooden boxes and things, but. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. No carpet in spaceships. I don't know what's up with that. When I start a spaceship company, it's going to be all about the nice plush padded carpet, and everyone's going to yeah. buy my spaceships. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that is a really amazing intro. the The Winnebago is just legendary. Um, oh no! So, did we talk about that in our in our vehicles episode? Did we talk about the Winnebago from Spaceballs? We did not. We did not bring up the Winnebago from Spaceballs. No, we didn't. Which either was on purpose or I knew we were doing this, and then I didn't add it to the list. I, I didn't even think. Well, you were you were you, your list was mostly sci fi vehicles anyway. So yeah, it, was, it would have been my responsibility. I feel like it's your fault. Yeah. Okay. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's mine it's, was all like real cars. Yeah. It's epic. It's it's the best. It is a retroactive addition to the list. Definitely. I think we're going to be doing um, that a lot going forward. I feel like we did this the last our last uh, full movie episode, and I feel like we should do it now because we forgot. Yeah. We should actually like do a quick rundown of the movie. Oh, uh, good idea. 
That's that's a thing people do in podcasting, right? Yeah. I mean, what if you're one of the sorry 600 people that haven't seen this movie? Right. And he's not saying that there's anything wrong with you. He's just accepting your apology that you haven't seen it yet. When Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're sorry. We know you're sorry. Yeah. You know. Remedy that quickly. It's on. It's like free on Netflix right now. Yeah. So should I read? What, how do you want to do this? Should I read the, the storyline for people or just like the two sentence plot? No, I feel like we should just do this from memory. Okay. Let's do it from memory then. Um, so yeah, let's go through it. You've got Spaceballs. It's a movie. It's got it's a movie. actors, sets. <laughs> All right, I'm kidding. Um, so you've got Lone Star and Barf. They show up in the beautiful Winnebago. And, um, you know, where are they off to? At the Or no, at the time, they're going to... Are they going to meet up with Pizza the Hut? No, so well the movie starts with so you have you have the big flyover from Spaceball One, yeah, and then we center on because um, I actually I don't think Barf and Lone Star come in until like a couple of scenes later because we see yeah you're the right flyover we see the flyover and then we see so we have um, Planet Druidia yep which is this lush green planet full of wonderful oxygen that has a force field over their entire atmosphere. Yep. Um, and we see the princess of Druidia. Yep. Princess, uh, princess Ves- Vespa. Princess Vespa. She's due to wed Prince Valium, who's real sleepy. Yep. Prince, uh, Prince Sleepyhead. She decides she does not want to Prince Mr. Sleepyhead, and so she runs off into her Mercedes spaceship with Dot Matrix, who is Joan Revers, in a sweet C-3PO outfit. Um, she flies off, yep. and then we get introduced to Dark Helmet, yep. played by the wonderful and talented Rick Moranis. God, best thing about Rick Moranis is that he quit acting to just go raise his family. He's like, no, I want to be there all the time. I don't want to be gone filming. Yeah. I'm just going to stop doing this because i got enough money. So I'm just going to go be with my family. It's so respectable. Great- He's such a great guy. I've heard that he's going to try to start getting back into movies since his kids are all grown now. I'd love that. Um, so we get introduced to Dark Helmet. We get some great gags and some great jokes um, with some of the implements on the ship. Yep. And some of his inferiors, like Colonel Sanders <laughs> and a whole a whole team of assholes that... Fly the ship. <laughs> the best part in that scene is when they're fire. Are they firing on Princess uh, Princess Vespa? Yeah. Um, and, and he tells he's the line where he goes, "Keep firing, assholes," because <laughs> they yeah. all come from a family named asshole. Oh, yep. so good. And then we meet. So then, and then we get an intro to our heroes. Yep. Uh, Lone Star and Barf in their sweet Winnebago. Yep. We find out the Lone Star owes, what, a million space bucks to the disgusting yet delicious Pizza the Hut. Yeah, whose who's cohort in the in their little FaceTime call is, like, literally eating pieces off of Pizza the Hut. Yeah, it's gross. It's just gross. <laughs> it's, like, the only thing the movie doesn't need is that, is that little, like, eight-second bit. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a funny joke, too. Just the costume department made something truly disgusting instead of something just funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing of nightmares. It really is. 
I wonder if we're alone on this. People are going to listen and be like, what's wrong with you guys? It's just a silly... No, I don't feel like we're alone. It's, <laughs> it is truly disgusting. Don't let this stop you from liking the movie, but it is gross. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they they need a million space bucks. and need a million space bucks, and then boom, next scene. Lucky enough, Princess Vespa's what? getting kidnapped by the space balls. Oh, no. So King Dru- King Druidia. King, or, King Druidia. Well, King, King Vespa? The King of Druidia. Would it be King, king Vespa? Yeah. King of Druidia. Yeah. The Druish King. The Druish King, yes. They do make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um Luckily calls our heroes and yep. Lone Star gets them for a million space bucks to save the princess. Yep. Which which they do. Um I love that they call them space bucks. They could have made up some like uh, a million space bucks. They could have made up anything else and they're like, ah, space bucks. <laughs> so good. We'll do it for a million. I know. They didn't want any a million. extra just to like live their lives afterwards. They just want to pay off Pizza the Hut. <laughs> yeah. And the 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 king wants them to save the car if they can. Yep. <laughs> it's a Mercedes. Yeah. Um, so they save they save the princess, right? Yep. They get her on board, and she's like locked in the back for a portion. Like she's on the way in the bago, but they're not like interacting with her at first. Which I don't, I didn't remember it that way. But then when I watched it, I was like, oh, weird. It's like a, there's like a holding part, like a holding room in the Winnebago. Right. Um. But yeah, so they get her on there, and then they start making their jokes about the Jewish. The Drew, I'm saying Drewish, Drewish princess. She's Drewish, you and, can tell. Yeah, and how she's like gonna just want or cares about money or whatever. And Barf's like, "Oh, what do you? Could you imagine you and the princess?" And he goes, "No way, not in a million years, not that loser." And she's like, "This slime ball, no heck, no." Telling her C3PO counterpart, uh, <laughs> whose name uh, Dot Dot Matrix. Dot Matrix. And then they take one look at each other. And it's Han Solo and Princess Leia all over again. It's game over. Game over. So they rescue the princess. They race across the galaxy. We get to see uh, some more gags from Dark Helmet and his yep. lovable bunch of oats. Oafs. Oh, and <laughs> lovable oh. bunch of oats. <laughs> uh, and a fantastic cameo from uh, shoot, what's his name uh, that does all the sweet. Uh, sound effects. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, what is his name? It's bugging me now. I don't want to look it up. It's like Michael something, uh, isn't it? I don't know. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. But he shows uh, up and he's like, he's like the bleeps, the creeps, and the sweeps. Yeah, I'll admit the first boop, time I watched that movie, he boop, got me. Boop, boop. He did. Yeah, it got me, especially the part where. where <laughs> what. Where uh, the radar gets raspberry jammed. <laughs> that part's really good. I like that a lot. It, the first time I saw that, it legit me caught me off guard that it was that it was real jam streaking <laughs> down the screen. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, that's that's actually close to the part of the film where too. So what they do is they come up with this brilliant plan to just watch the movie to see what happens next. <laughs> Oh yeah, because 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 uh, Lone Star, the princess, and Barf get away, so they need to right. resort to watching right. a Spaceballs cassette. Right, they watch the movie they're in to find out where they went, <laughs> and 
the one of the things I love about that is how official they treat playing the, the VHS tape because there's a part where they're like, prepare to fast forward, preparing to fast forward. <laughs> such a good gag. But um, yeah. fast forwarding, sir. Yeah. So they, anyways, they find them right. So now they've got a bearing. They got a way to a way to hunt them down. And they they send their uh, patrolman after him, leading to another wonderful gag uh, that deserves mention. My favorite joke in the whole movie, probably, uh, where they're combing the desert. And they're trying to find them in the desert. And they're going through, and they're like, you guys find anything yet? And they're like, no, nothing yet, sir. How about you guys over there? No, nothing yet. Right, well, hold on. Before Brian gets to the punchline, if you haven't seen this movie, or to refresh yourself, to give yourself a mental refresher, when Dark Helmet, who is now in a safari hat with eyelids, with, with <laughs> eye holes cut out. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. By the when way, this yells is the down most to the detailed, troops. useful synopsis in the history of film. Like, anyone that listens to this is going to be like, oh, I don't even need to watch it now. <laughs> You don't even need to watch it. We've got, we've got, but you should watch it. Yeah, you're wrong. We, you we've got you covered, but you should watch it. Right. But as Dark Helmet in a safari hat yells down to his crew to comb the desert, yes. and what do they find? They're actually combing the desert with large hair combs. I did just leave dragging that. them across. I left that important. Just dragging them. Out. Yeah, just dragging it across the sand. <laughs> Yeah, that's why it's so funny, because they're using literally humongous hair combs. And then it gets to the third group of guys that are combing the desert, and they're using a large pick like you'd find in an afro. And, uh, <laughs> and this guy responds. He's like, it's like, you guys find anything? And the first group's like, no, nothing yet, sir. How about you guys? No, nothing yet. And then you get to the group with the afro pick, and he's like, we ain't found shit. <laughs> it's just such a good joke. I love it so it much. It's so funny. It's um, so funny. Yeah, but that's such a good that's such a good scene. Um, yeah. Also, I have in my notes here. Well, here, let's finish the synopsis, and then I'll go through. Let's my finish notes. the synopsis. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're on the I desert keep planet. Derailing us with specific gags. Uh, so we're on the desert planet where Lone Star and Barf and Princess Vespa and Dot Matrix crash landed. We get a great gag uh, about just the ridiculous amount of luggage that they're dragging through the desert. Yep. Um, eventually when they basically just run out of water and give up on life, they're found by these Jawa ripoffs, um, that are just singing this hilarious song. Yep. Um, and they get led to this underground bunker where we meet yogurt <laughs> yes. played by Mel Brooks. So good. <laughs> Small a resemblance to Yoda. Yoda. Yeah, slightly similar looking to Yoda, uh, but he doesn't. He doesn't deal in the Force. He deals in the Schwartz. The Schwartz. Yep. And so he's got this, just this ring with an S on it that looks like he got out of a box of Cracker Jacks. And then he also he's got a great merchandising plan, making a good, great dig at <laughs> at Star Wars's billions they made off merchandising. <laughs> yep. You got. Spaceballs the cereal with 100% sugar. Spaceball the action figure. Yep. Spaceballs the t-shirt. Spaceballs the lunchbox. Yeah, there's such so many good ones. Um, so we get uh, so we get a little bit of a story here where Lone Star learns about the Schwartz. Yep. Where Yogurt alludes to some secret information about Lone Star's past. 
And then we flash back to Dark Helmet, who's still searching the desert for the princess. And he gets a little tingling in the Schwartz. Mm -hmm. And he finds the entrance to this secret bunker where he uses the Schwartz's power of illusion to sneak (laughs) the princess out. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) I can't believe you fell for that. The <laughs> fooled <in> the you <laughs> where he's he tricks her out by pretending to be her father yep. um revealing the illusion at the last second and capturing her yep so good um and then he speeds off with the princess um now it's a rescue we, mission now it's rescue mission time we do get a torture a, a slight torture scene where they, they they threaten to give the princess back her old <laughs> pre-rhinoplasty witch nose. Yep. Which was, to be fair, quite a nose. It wasn't like it was some, pretty. It wasn't some minor nose job that she had gotten. It was a pretty significant change. Yeah, I mean, I'd sell out a whole planet to make sure I didn't get that nose back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so they blackmail and threaten King Druidia to get the to get the password to their airlock. So the Spaceballs, whose plan this entire time, we find out, is to suck all of the air out of planet Druidia right. to restore the atmosphere on planet Spaceball. Yep. The king gives them the password, and now they're off Now it's, tra- to, it's Transformers time. Yeah, now they're off to go suck out the air from planet Druidia. Lone Star is able to get off the planet with some help from Yogurt and the Dink Dinks. The Dink Dinks. Uh, I didn't know even. Isn't know that they're. what they're called? I, the I Dinks. Take your word on it. I I don't remember. Because uh, I just remember that they're just called. There's the, all they do is say Dink all the time. I just call them Jawas. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> works too. They're, they're fake Jawas, but they probably are called the Dink Dinks. Anyway, so yep. Lone Star gets off the planet. Uh, the Sandy Planet, right? Yeah, I don't think they ever gave that a name. So they get off the desert planet. Yep. They they ride off. They rescue the princess from Planet Spaceball. Uh, but Spaceball One is already in route to to Planet Druidia. Can I ask you a question? There. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. How do you suck out a whole atmosphere out of a planet, Mike? Well, I mean, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of strategies that you go about it. You could do like a series of tubes. Sure, sure. Um, tubing, tubing. I know about tubing. Like some ventilation. Okay. Um, you you could you could like freeze the atmosphere and then just like scoop it up into big space pickup trucks and drive it away. Sure, great idea. Super doable. But if I was gonna try to find the most efficient way to do it, right, I would probably turn my giant spaceship into a giant vacuuming hotel maid, like a transformer. The, yeah. And then I would use the giant transformed vacuum to suck up all the air out of out of the planetary airlock. That's a great idea. It is. Yeah. So that's what they do. That they, is what they do. They go with the most efficient option available to them. It's a great scene where Spaceball One so just good. turns into a giant transformer. <laughs> that it's like a cross between a hotel maid, a vacuum, and like the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's wonderful. Uh, which they use to start sucking all the air out of Planet Druidia <laughs> while Lone Star does a desperate 
not a rescue mission, but like a desperate turn off vandalism. The, turn off the mission. vacuum mission. Yeah. Yeah. Desperate rescue the planet mission, I guess. Yeah. So uh, they get the vacuum turned off, luckily, which is, again, just a literally a gigantic switch. Um, but they get the vacuum turned off. They reverse it. They put all the um, atmosphere back in. There's a great visual gag there with the trees getting replanted and stuff because when they suck the atmosphere out, it sucks up all like trees and stuff, and they just like go comically straight up out of the ground into the sky. And then when it gets when the vac when the atmosphere is restored, those same trees just plop down right where they were <laughs> as if nothing ever happened. <laughs> Which I think it would have been it would have been funny either way if they had done what they did or if they had just like taken all that stuff and it just gets shot back into the planet as a yeah. pile of crap. <laughs> like that would have been pretty yep. funny too. <clears throat> but since Mel Brooks is behind it, they made the right choice. It's true, they did. So they end up saving the planet. They they destroy what what they call it? Mega Maid. Yep, Mega Maid. <laughs> Mega Maid. <laughs> uh and then the movie ends with a great scene after Mega Maid blows up where uh, we get a great Planet of the Apes reference right at the end of the movie. That's really good. The scene on the beach. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, there's a lot of other there's a lot of other jokes, a lot of other gags in there. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't give it all away, but it is a great movie. It's a fun ride for sure. Um, so we're gonna do a little behind the scenes stuff before we get to that. I want to go over the notes I have. I have just a few more things, specific things oh, that I want to talk about for sure. Um, one of them says. <laughs> Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> She's a bass. She's a bass. It's so good. <laughs> Princess Vespa singing that song when she's all alone in the prison cell. It's so good. <laughs> oh my god. She's a bass. Um, I also like the part where they say something something because good is dumb. Because good <laughs> Is dumb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dark Helmet says that. Ha ha, you lose. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, also, uh, I think the one of the best performances in the movie, he's barely in the movie, but his name is Ronnie Graham. And he was the minister at the... He was in the beginning of the movie, oh, yeah. and he was kind of funny. But at the end of the movie when he's performing the ceremony that gets interrupted by Lone Star, his attitude and retorts are just, and facial expressions are just literally perfect. Like, yeah, I can't even, I, it's not something I can quote for you guys to enjoy. Just, it's just so good. Every little thing the just sh- like makes him more. The short, better. short version. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Great. You're married. Kiss her. <laughs> so good. Uh, and the last note I have here is that the song, the Spaceballs song, is dope. Spaceballs. <laughs> so Watch <good>. out. <laughs> it's so good. I just wish that song was in the movie more. You only hear it like as they're escaping the destruction of Mega Maid. I know. And, and it does add like really cool ambiance to that moment. Like it makes it this like cool epic scene. But it's amazing. Maybe I'll track it down and throw it in the end of this at the end of the podcast mm-hmm. or something. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Man, there's so many great jokes in this. I love, um, 
so I was so when I was rewatching this movie for the podcast, I was watching it with Lucas, uh, who is um, for those of you keeping track at home, he's my four and a half year old son. Yep. And we were watching the scene where President Scrooge gets uh, gets beamed yeah. by Scotty <laughs> with his head on backwards. Yep. And he's like, why didn't you guys tell me my ass was so big? <laughs> Starts scratching his butt. Yeah. My four-year-old lost it. <laughs> <laughs> he loved that part? Yeah. That's amazing. That's a cool memory. Um <laughs> What about did did he did Lucas like that he was like no this take me back and then you bring him back and you just walk next door? I don't think he picked up on that. Yeah, that's so funny though. <laughs> that's a great one. It's yeah. a great little gag. It is for sure. Uh, I do and I do love. Um, there's a couple like tiny little jokes. Uh, the um, when we first meet President Scrooge yeah. and we learned that planet space ball is running out of air and he pulls out a can of perrier mm-hmm. which is which is what this episode is brought to you by right. today's sponsor perrier yeah perrier yeah he pulls a can out pulls a can out and he just rips it open there's like there's nothing inside it's just air and he just starts <laughs> sniffing air out of a can <laughs> just canned fresh air so dumb it was, it was really good though uh, uh what about the the chest bursting alien that does the musical number? That's a classic. A that classic was great. <laughs> Even uh, hello, uh, my darling. Hello, my baby. Hello, my right tongue. Oh. <laughs> like, it's just this. It was little. It's little. It's a little gaggy. Yeah. But um, I do love that. Like in that scene, one like they're in a space diner. Like what a great shot. Oh, uh, that's that that is actually true. I want a painting of that on my wall. The shot of that yeah. space diner, that is so cool. Uh, but they actually got John Hurt to come back and replay that scene with the chest burster. Yep. It is great. That's so cool. It's that almost they like, like, they're like not, it's not somebody else yeah. or whatever. And he says, oh, no, not again. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's like, he acts it, even though it's like some dumb satire movie. He acts it just as well as he does an alien. Yeah, he goes he's goes all the way in again. But the um our younger audience, you'll recognize John Hurt as Ollivander from the Harry Potter series. Fun fun yes. fun fact for you. Yes. Um <laughs> as much as I, as much as I do like the Harry Potter movies. Like, go back and watch Alien. Like go watch Yeah, for sure. You should go back and watch you should go back and watch Alien for sure. Alien, go watch Alien and Aliens, and then the rest. Alien Three is 3's not bad. The rest is up to you at that point, but at least watch the first two. Yeah, like do your due diligence. You want to be a citizen? You could. Just kidding. As an old as an older episode, we did. You can definitely miss. You can definitely miss Joss Whedon's. I'd recommend you do. In fact, <laughs> which ones did Josh Whedon do? Joss Whedon did the fourth one with the alien human hybrid. Oh, he did. Yeah. I think yeah. I either never knew or had forgotten that. Um yeah. contrary to what a lot of nerds will tell you, not everything Joss Whedon touches is gold. That thing that's, is that's a true. terrifying nightmare movie. Yeah. He's done a lot of great stuff, but he's done some bad stuff too. Plenty of bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. Pro- um yeah. But yeah, this movie's full of gags. It's full of sweet little moments. It is. Um another great one. This is was just Doc- like oh go ahead. Another great one is dot matrix uh, dot matrixes 
uh, Virgin Alarm. Oh, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. Yep, I liked that a lot. Uh, um, I like the. What do you think of? <laughs> you know, what's a weird part is when Barf's tongue stretches out, or like is stuck out of his mouth, and it's just John Candy just had this weird prosthetic sticking out of his mouth that was like way too thin to be a tongue. Oh, when he was like panting in the desert or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, come on, guys. They they blew the budget on Pizza the Hut. Um, they really did, but. Yeah, this this was this movie was so much fun to go back and watch. I had a blast rewatching this movie. It had been a long enough period of time to where I didn't like remember every scene, and it was just so good to go back and sit down and definitely we'll have to do some more Mel Brooks stuff. Oh yeah, but we'll have um, to do a series of episodes on. Yeah, I think we'll have to Blazing do Saddles. we'll have to do Blazing Saddles and Men in Tights. I haven't seen Men in Tights maybe ever as an adult. Like I know, like some point in high school, I think I saw it, but I didn't quite connect the dots on what was going on. So I need to rewatch Men in Tights for sure. It's such good. I didn't say no. No, I, I'm not saying a Blinken. I'm saying hey Blinken. <laughs> <laughs> It's got a young Dave Chappelle in it. Oh, Carrie, man. Carrie Elwes. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll have to go back. We'll have to go back and definitely watch that. Um, and a just, toll's a toll and a roll's a roll. Man yep. don't get no toes. Man don't eat no rolls. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It has been a while since I've seen it, but I still remember it very well. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, is there any other specific moments or themes or things you want to mention before we we move on to the next segment uh yeah there's probably a bunch of stuff i'm missing there's so many great gags in this movie yeah uh you know what i've i used to think for a long time that princess bride was a was mel brooks i can see that yeah for the longest time i think part of it is because um What's his name? Plays the lead in both of in Men in Tights. Also, is that Carrie yeah, Al- Al- Ellis? Yeah. So it's probably because he's in both. They're both silly, fun movies. But it's Princess Bride is Rob Reiner, I believe. But um, have you? Princess Bride's a good one too. Good I really one like one Princess too. Bride. But yeah, we'll have to do a couple Mel Brooks. We'll do like maybe a series of Mel Brooks episode. That'd be really fun. Yeah. But um, anyways, so. We're, we'll be back in a few minutes. We're going to send things over to the boys over at Movie Retakes, our good friends, Matt and Chris Sully. Um, again, they got a really cool podcast. Go check it out. They're going to tell you all about it in a second. But they're going to take over the like behind-the-scenes trivia fun fact section of this episode for us. And um, we did a section for them on their episode of uh, Spaceballs. So if you guys want to hear me and Mike do our best movie retake and pitch a sequel to Spaceballs. You're going to have to head over to the to their episode and um, check that out. But without any further ado, they'll introduce themselves again because they're more professional than we are and they remember to do that. And um, yeah, so take things away, guys. Well, well, well. Looky here. We got a, we got a movie jungle podcast here. Hey, fellas. 
We appreciate you How having us on. Yeah, we appreciate it. It's a great opportunity to do a little crossover, and uh, you have you have a nice podcast here. We're big fans. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Anything film related, I'm I'm a big fan, and I, I obviously you guys are as well. I mean, movies are okay. <laughs> I I just do a, a podcast about them. It's it's no biggie. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, this is Big Sully, and this is Matt Sully, and we do a uh, bi-weekly podcast called Movie Retakes. Uh, basically, the idea is that we take a movie or a franchise that a sequel or or a prequel or a retake, a reimagining, a reboot, something is happening for. We rewatch, we break it down, and then we give our own takes, our own original retake visions on what we think a retake for that movie or franchise should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, we each give our own each week and kind of go against one another to see which one comes out on top. Yeah, and we appreciate you guys giving your pitches for our show um, over on the Movie Retakes podcast. So we're happy to do a little segment for you guys as well. So each week, uh, not only do we do our own pitches, um, but we also read off some trivia about the franchise we watched. And so um, we're going to do our normal trivia segment over here for you guys and your listeners. You want to start us off or me? You go. You go first. Great. All right, Mel Brooks wanted to call it Planet Moron. Planet Moron was abandoned when a film titled Morons from Outer Space was released. Spaceballs, despite the assumed innuendo, was a result of needing space in the title, and Brooks considered it one of his trademark screwball comedies. And there you go. Satire is generally exempt from litigation, but Brooks was an admirer of Lucas's work and wanted to get his permission before starting on the movie. Working on a, quote, funny film of his own with Howard the Duck, Lucas agreed, but only on the condition that no Spaceballs merchandising be made available. The Lucas people were just upset about one aspect of Spaceballs, Brooks told Starlog in 1987. They didn't think it was fair for us to do a takeoff and then merchandise the characters. Merchandising. Spaceballs... <laughs> took its effects seriously, and the cast and crew needed to spend a lot of time in front of a green screen. At the time, the process was still relatively new, and the production had a suspicion that the environment might be damaging to a person's eyesight. With this unfounded concern in mind, Pullman and the cast wore sunglasses in between shots. (laughs) Oh, man. There's got to be some good behind-the-scenes photos of that. Yeah. In addition to directing and co-writing, Brooks had two roles in the film, one as President Scroob and another as Yogurt, a diminutive Yoda equivalent. In 2012, Brooks told the AV Club that he had an allergic reaction to the latex, which created a rash that spread to his eyes. Brooks also only gave the team one hour to apply his makeup. If it took any longer, he insisted he'd get out of the chair and leave. (laughs) And I've seen that. I've heard that before. He's got that gold all over him. And any time you see that in a movie, I've always heard stories that they have a terrible reaction to it. Like you can't, your skin can't breathe under that stuff. So nobody, oh. nobody do that. Uh, the Barf costume was operated by three people. John Candy operated Barf's tail using a hidden control in his paw, while two assistants each controlled an ear. Candy's costume was powered by a thirty-pound battery that he wore on his back. Luckily, he's a big, strong guy. Mm -hmm. 
To accompany the release of the film, a pre-Goosebumps R.L. Stein wrote Spaceballs the Book, a young adult <laughs> version of the story that substituted some of the stronger language and bits for child-friendly content. It remains the only exclusion to Lucasfilm's no-tie-in mandate. In the novel, he reveals the names of the Dinks to be Rinky Dink, Blinky Dink, Stinky Dink, Pinky Dink, Finky Dink, and Winky Dink. Aren't those also the, uh, the ghosts' names for Pac-Man? Um, Real close. Yeah. Yep. For the pizza hut, for the pizza the hut costume to look as realistic as possible, hot artificial melted cheese was used. The actor Richard Karen wearing the suit received second and third degree burns and refused to come back for reshoots. Well, neither would I. Poor man. But he's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Tastier than ever. Michael Winslow's cameo saved over a thousand dollars in production costs. He was able to help the team by doing what he does best, making weird noises while playing the role of a radar tech. Best known for the time at the time for starring in all eight Police Academy movies, Winslow created various radar sounds in a short beat with Marick Moranis as Dark Helmet. Prior to the classic scene with a cameo from John Hurt in which he does a parody skit on the film Alien, which he starred in, there's a shot of the parking lot outside the Space Diner. Parked next to the Lone Star's vehicle is the Millennium Falcon. Nice. I love it. The scene in which Dark Helmet is playing with his dolls was not in the screenplay. Writer, producer, and director Mel Brooks came up with the idea on the set one day and told this to Rick Moranis, who then improvised the entire scene. <laughs> That's great. That is good. President Scroob's name is an anagram of Mel Brooks, the man who plays him. Never would have put that what? together. It's so I obvious. Did not either. It's so That's obvious. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 1 came out in 1981, ended with a joke suggesting the sequel will feature a segment. Jews in space. <laughs> Doesn't look druish. <laughs> the escape pod launch sequence is an unused clip from Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, provided to Mel Brooks by Lucasfilm. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. Huh. A full face mask resembling a wrinkled bulldog was originally constructed for the character Barf, but Mel Brooks equipped that if they were going to hide John Candy behind a mask, he might as well hire someone else for half the price. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Tesla Motors has used Spaceballs' Starship Speeds, Light Speed, Ridiculous Speed, Ludicrous Speed, and Plaid Speed as inspiration for naming their acceleration modes. In homage to this movie, Tesla has Ludicrous sp Mode for acceleration beyond its insane mode and Plaid Mode and over top Ludicrous. I guess it's over the top <laughs> Ludicrous. Way to go, Elon. Yeah. The box for Spaceballs the Breakfast Cereal says it contains 100% sugar. <laughs> I did notice that. When Dark Helmet asks how many assholes they have on board, you can bleep that out if you need to, only one person on the bridge doesn't stand and raise his hand. Oh, I didn't notice there was one that didn't. I wonder what his name was. Yeah. It's something worse. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an effer. Uh, Steve Martin was the original choice for Colonel Sanders. Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Tom Berenger, and James Caan were said to be considered for the role of Captain Lone Star. Hmm. That would have been... Steve Martin would have been awesome. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the dinks was played by Tony Cox, who also played an Ewok in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi in 1983. So one person was in both. That's amazing. Yeah, that is cool. And then... 
Finally, the Schwartz is more than just a replacement and nearly rhyming name for the Force. Schwartz is the name of Mel's legal representative for this movie. This gave the phrase, may the Schwartz be with you, far more significance to the entire production than just a catchphrase for this movie. <laughs> That's Brilliant. great. Well, uh, that's it for trivia. Thanks, uh, Brian, uh, for having us on, and uh, we hope this segment plays well in, in your podcast. And uh, anybody can come over, listen to our podcast, and move your retakes. We'd sure like some new listeners. May the shorts be with you. <laughs> Don't forget Nerds Unite. And Nerds Unite. <laughs> I like the, um, the, the Millennium Falcon in the parking lot. That's a good one. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh what else stood out to you from our fun facts? Uh I just like the first one. The it was originally gonna be called Planet Moron. Yeah. Like, which is <laughs> Which is a pretty funny name, but I feel like I do like Spaceballs better, but Planet Moron's pretty good. That is. That is um a- also Tom Hanks, I think like you were saying, he would have been great. He would be Yeah, he would have been really funny, I think. I, I wouldn't want to change anything about this movie, but um, of course, no. Tom Hanks could have done a good job. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if Sully did the, if Chris did this on purpose. <clears throat> Excuse me, but when he said that George Lucas was working on a quote funny movie, Howard the Duck, was he making a dick? At George Lucas because <laughs> Howard the Duck sucks because <laughs> it's, it's quote a funny movie. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think Sully is calling him out there. Um, I, I I I we should do a Howard the Duck episode. No, <laughs> you're just like <laughs> no. I I I have Howard the Duck on DVD. Oh my god! Bought it on be, DVD. That's like against the law. It's the first Marvel movie. It's a, it's funny. Quote, it's quote funny. It's quote funny. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's an insane movie. You just want to get, watch something that's nuts. Watch Howard the Duck. Um, yeah, that was really good. That was really good. Thank you so much, you guys. That was some awesome trivia. It's one of my, honestly, I listen to their podcast, and one of my favorite things about it is the amount of research and stuff they do for their trivia and behind the scenes yeah. part of their, part of their episodes. Um, I, I love that. I a thought lot. they do a really good job. Yeah, this is this is a lot of fun trivia. That I, I, I had heard the like the Millennium Falcon thing before, but mm-hmm. I would forgotten about it. Same. Um, but there's a couple of funny ones that po- that popped out at me still. Yeah, that was the uh, the Brooks that Mel Brooks could only be in the in the. Um, oh, for one hour. He gave for him one hour. He gave him one hour then, to put his makeup on, and then he was like, "I'm leaving after that, so <laughs> do what you can." But in then, an like, hour. <laughs> okay, right? So Brooks is the producer, the director, and the writer of the movie. Yeah. So if, if he gets out of the if he gets out of the makeup chair, like, who does he go to complain to? That's like, a good point. <laughs> just, like, if you're the director of a big budget movie and your lead actor like decides to walk out of the makeup tent. Like that's probably a pretty hefty fire that you have to go and try to put out yeah. and try to fix some things. But like, it's just him. If you're the director, you're the producer of the movie, and you're the one that gets out of the chair. Maybe he <laughs> finds a mirror and gives himself a pep talk. <laughs> that does, I just thought that was that, kind of a funny little piece. Like, it's yeah. like this is your movie. Like, yeah. take all the time you need, I guess. Yep. 
I think he, I mean, being his movie, his vision, he probably thought to himself, like, this is good enough, you guys. We don't need to spend two hours on this thing, like, getting me in this makeup. Like, I, I know what you I'm better making. get me out of here in 55 minutes. Yeah. Or I'm going to go have a talk with the director. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he just spins around in the chair. He's like, oh, hey, guys, it's me, the director. Taking way too long in here. <laughs> we need uh, we need we need Br- Mr. Brooks out on uh, out on set in exactly ninety seconds. So let's see what we can do in here. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> and I also love. I did not know this uh-huh. that the Mick Rick Moranis playing with the dolls bit oh, was improv. That's the, that might have been my favorite. I forgot about that already. That was that's so cool that he improved all that and like because it's such a good, it's such a good scene and a pretty integral part of a potential sequel. If you guys yes. want to go listen to uh, Mike's little little pitch. Easter egg, yes. a little sneak peek Easter egg. Go check out movie retakes for Brian and I's uh, pitches for sequels, and you might find a reference to that scene. You might. So I thought that was pretty neat that there was a piece of. Uh, FAQ or a piece of sweet info in there. Yeah, that was really, really cool. Regarding that scene. Yeah. Also, but that's that's all I got. I thought those are the ones that were, those that the were ones pretty that funny. Out, yeah. The R.L. Stein crossover was kind of neat, too, because I was a big Goosebumps fan. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, I will say that the escape pod being a scene straight out of A New Hope, that was super sick, too. That, like, they, they just gave him that footage. Yeah, that was a cool little bit. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Awesome job, guys. And like Mike said, we gave them a, a missing piece of the podcast you're listening to right now, which is our pitch for a sequel. So make sure you go check out uh, Movie Retake's newest episode. And whatever other ones pique your interest, they do a lot of really cool, popular, awesome movies over there. So I'm sure you can find some more stuff that you like. So um, anyways, is it any any further ado or you think we're, we should wrap this puppy up? I think all the adus have been done. I think so too. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode uh, of the Movie Jungle. Make sure you follow us on social media so you can be alerted by uh, the next crossover fun shenanigans that we have happening. So that's at the Movie Jungle on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email. We'd love to reply to your emails. Uh, moviejunglepod at gmail.com. I'd yeah. love to have more um, interaction with you guys. Or we're going to have to start. Again, it's been, it's been like two weeks in a row of us getting nothing but not air-friendly emails. Right. So I, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of really questionable language. So we're really looking for the first air-friendly email that we can share and answer. Yeah. So, And I don't want to read an email to you guys about you know Google's updated privacy policy. You know, that's not that's not the kind of emails we're looking to read out here. So talk to and us. I'm about, not giving you I'm not giving you the tracking number to my latest Amazon purchase either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So support us on all those platforms. Uh, keep an eye on the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll update you guys as that stuff moves along. Um, but um, yeah, that's all I got for the people. Mike, anything else you want to send them off with? Nope, that's it. All right. I'm going to use my new catchphrase. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm so ready. <laughs> it's a jungle out there. Go watch a movie. <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs>